welcome to Seeking Sanctuary House to House, a podcast where we highlight a church that is doing something redemptive in their community by loving on the people around them. I'm Hannah Fordyce from House of Faith and Freedom. You can find out more about House of Faith and Freedom at houseoffaithandfreedom.org. And today we're going to be talking to Anna Brandt from Freshwater Church. Hi, Anna. <laughs> So you are the discipleship pastor at Freshwater, which incidentally is a church my husband and I have just recently started attending. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into ministry? Okay. So I I started in ministry when I was pretty young. I'm doing some youth ministry things as I you know grew up in the church and um, I, I was kind of naturally moved into just doing something and stayed involved in those things. Um, and then, you know, kind of struggled on my faith as I got older. But um, when I came to Freshwater in particular, I really started picking up ministry in a different way. I had a young family at the time. We, I mean, our first child was born um, just a couple of years before we started at Freshwater. And so I got a chance to like kind of dabble in women's ministry and do a few other things. And, and God just kept growing that and growing that. And so I just what took on different things. And I started working like really part-time for the church at one time. And um, I had uh, some of our leaders just really pour into me and encourage me to get more education, to working towards my pastoral license. Um, kind of went a little bit kicking and screaming because I didn't necessarily see myself in like a vocational ministry way. Um, and so it was a little bit of a stretch for me to feel like that was something I could do. But just kept moving. It just kept letting God do what God was doing and saying it didn't really matter what happened or where it went. I was just trying to obey God. And so God just opened doors and, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And then they were like, we want you to become a pastor. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't really sure. You know, like I, I felt the calling before that, but I never really felt like that was going to happen in like a vocational way. I felt like it was, it was just a calling on my life and that's just who I was. And, um, and so I just went about being who I was and who God created me to be. And that's kind of where I ended up where I'm at. Yes. You're, I feel like your story echoes my own story in so many ways. I never saw myself running an organization that was, that was ministry based around advocacy in churches. And, um, and it was like, God just kept opening doors for it. And I kept saying, surely there's someone better equipped. And, um, and, and he just invited me to come alongside of what he's doing. And I think that echo, we see that echoed all throughout scripture of Jesus just asking people to come along, like, just come with the journey. It's the disciples. Like we get to be these privileged bystanders to the things that God is doing in people's lives. One of the things that really drew us to your church was a ministry you have that's called the Brielle House. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Freshwater, its heart and mission, as well as how it became involved in this particular ministry? So one of the things that's really important at Freshwater is we, we talk about raising the spiritual climate in our community and seeing the things that are happening in our community and trying to, um, to just bring Jesus to people where they're at and just hopefully to see people um, recognize God and, and come to faith if they don't have it or be encouraged in their faith if they do already do have faith. Um, one thing we do have here is a huge recovery community. We have three meetings a week here at the church, which we've just seen grow and grow and grow. And we've always had a lot of people in recovery. So it was kind of a natural step for us to move into something more of that. And we got the opportunity with the land that we bought, um, had a house on it. And one of the, the women in our church really had a, a vision for doing more there and wanted to have um, a women's recovery home there. 
And so we just kind of got behind that and we're just kind of getting our feet wet in it and trying to learn how to do this really well and, um, and helping people to find freedom. And we know that God brings us freedom and we want to help other people get free too. That is so incredible. I love hearing um, how Freshwater really got involved with Brielle House in a way that um, is so much deeper than just opening your building up to a recovery mm-hmm. meeting like Celebrate Recovery um, or Teen Challenge, although those programs are awesome. But mm-hmm. you really took it the next step further by having a resource, this house that already existed that was on the land the church purchased and deciding to give that back to the community in a meaningful, long-term, sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that surprising to me that you ended up involved with Brielle House because you're the discipleship pastor of Freshwater. But can you tell me a little bit about how you specifically became involved with Brielle House and what that degree of involvement is? So I was already working with all our recovery ministry stuff. And so I was pretty steeped with people who are recovering. And it's an exciting place to be because you see a lot of growth in people. You see God free people up from stuff. And there's like a lot of immediate things that happen. It's a tough place to be because there's a lot of heartache in that as well. Um, but it's really fun to, to just be alongside when God's doing something in somebody's life and seeing their life change. And, and then looking back five years and seeing like, a complete different history for their family going forward. I mean, it's just, it's staggering to me what God can do with somebody. And so stepping in with the Brielle house, because I am the discipleship pastor and I'm the woman pastor <laughs> was very uh, natural to do some of that stuff. And we did some shifting and moving around with how we were supervising the house and all of those things. And so I took a bigger role in that. And I, I mean, I, I love doing that. I've been involved with doing sessions with the ladies and helping with the program and all of those things. And it's, it's, it's a fun place to see God moving. It's like holistic. Like you're looking at every part of their life. You're looking at helping them to not just be clean, but like, how do I get an apartment? How do I have a, a, a legal bank account? And, you know, like I'm actually legal driving my car and like just, just things that we take for granted. Moms getting reunited with their kids because they weren't able to have them for a long time or they might not ever get back with their kids, some of them. And being able to walk through that journey with them and saying, you know, it's okay. You still have a future and a hope and God has stuff for you. And that's, you know, to me, that's just so inspiring to watch what God does in people's lives. One of the things I think is really beautiful about Brielle House, it's really holistic. Mm -hmm. Like it's life on life ministry Mm -hmm. in all of its mess, in all of its glory. And there's something incredibly rewarding about that. And I also think something that that the church is really called to be and called to do. Like we're not just called to be a Sunday morning place for people. We're called to be this really intensive community. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because we were. I was just meeting with um, Kayla this morning and she is the director of the Brio House. And she was talking about some of the stigma that people have as, as former addicts and people who are dealing, you know, in recovery. And I was like, honestly, that's where we all are. Like we all are dealing with our stuff. And it's like, just because addiction is part of your story doesn't mean that we can't, everybody else can identify with it. We all go through stuff. And if we're really honest and if we're really going to move in our faith, we have to be honest with where we're at. And we deal with lots of things and underneath the addiction are all the other things that we deal with normally. And so it is messy and it is getting your, you're like, you're jumping into all of it, but that's really, I think that's what it is to be the church with each other is to, to hold each other accountable in areas and love each other in areas and give each other grace and push us forward together. It's like, I learn when they learn, you know, it's like we learn together. 
Yeah. And that's also so much the, um, I think sort of the, the correct ethos to have around ministry is not let me reach down and help you. It's let me come alongside of you. Mm. And when we change that, uh, posture that the church takes instead of being this thing that's trying to fix people we just say hey we're broken people too and we have this incredible god that can come alongside of us in our brokenness and he wants to come alongside of you too and that changes everything about how we do ministry tell me a bit about how god has moved through the brielle house in the last few years since it opened so we've only been open since november it is very new and um we have seen, uh, you know, we, we're really just getting to people who have getting to the end of completing the program. We have a few, few people left a little bit earlier. Um, we have a few ladies who are getting ready to um, to graduate this summer, maybe later in the year even. We're just kind of waiting to see what happens um, in their lives because there's a few things that they still have to wrap up before they graduate from our program. And um, what we're seeing is like people who like we, we have one of the women there who had some really stressful things happen in her family life, um, lost somebody she couldn't make amends with that was really important to her. She has been in addiction since she was very young and um, she was able to walk through some really trying, very trying times side by side with her family and remain clean the whole time. She kept she kept growing the whole time. Um, I watched her go from somebody who sat in the corner on the couch and said, when I did Bible study with her and said, I don't know who John is. I don't know any of this stuff. Blah, blah. And she like completely freaked out. And I was like, it's okay. You don't need to know all that stuff. It is totally fine. And she went from that to like sharing what God's doing in her life when we have Bible study together and sharing what she's learning. And, and to me, that's the, that like, even that, just that interchange of how she was when I first did Bible study with her to how she is now. It's like, you know, it's only like six months, but she has a greater understanding of who God is. She has an understanding that she's learning alongside. We're learning alongside each other. And, you know, nobody's better than her, or worse than her. We're just the same. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, our, I know our pastor John always talks about that. The, the ground at the foot of the cross is, is even as level. Like we're, we're all just doing this together. And so for her to take that away and not feel bad for not knowing things, but to be able to say, oh, okay, well then I just learn. And so that to me is like super successful. Like that's what, you know, like being a faith-based program or during recovery, it's more important to me that they get God because God will, will help them in all the recovery stuff, <laughs> but all the recovery stuff may not help them with everything, but God will help them with everything. Yeah. You're seeing the, um, you're, you're bringing what works. You're bringing them the thing that drugs were filling before right? Mm -hmm. Like whatever drugs were self-medicating or whatever it was in their life they were running from or whatever circumstance led them into addiction, like God is going to be the solution for the way to get out of that. Right. I, Absolutely. One of the other things I really love about Brielle House, and we've talked about this in the past, is um, sort of the partnership that you have with the community that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So you work alongside other agencies in the community that are not necessarily faith-based and you build partnerships with them in order to help these women walk through recovery. Can you speak a little bit to the benefit that you've seen in your relationship, like with the county or the local government or other agencies that may not be faith-based, but are still rubbing shoulders now with Freshwater Church? Yeah, that's been the most amazing thing with the Brielle House is there's been so much support from our community. We work with um, our 
intensive outpatient is not faith-based, but actually one of the people who comes to our church it works there. Um, we have a partnership with the Hive. They, they do a lot of ministry to women, but they're not necessarily faith-based, but they're trying to empower women and help women to heal and things like that. They do a lot of um, a lot of classes with our ladies they've done in the past and they, they partner with us. We have a couple of peer support specialists who are starting to, um, they've just intake, they just did intakes on all of our ladies to do peer support. So that'll cover our um, aftercare stuff as well for the ladies. So when they leave, they don't leave all their support at the house that they, they walk away with, with other people supporting them as well as our church. And, um, but I mean, honestly, the county has been amazing with helping us get what they need financially because, I mean, we operate on a zero budget. <laughs> we, I mean, the ladies pay rent, but it doesn't really cover what we pay for um, for the house and what it costs us to run the program. Um, we we basically run at a deficit for um, for each woman every month. I think we um, we say what is it five thousand dollars a month that we run at a deficit, and so we fundraise for all of that, and so we. You know, it's like we have lots of people who have stepped in, like the bar down the street has stepped in and done a fundraiser for us and um, donated their proceeds. The Dandelions in town have one fundraiser they've done and they are doing another one. Um, but that connects all of our ladies with our community. And it's not just our church, but it's the whole community, because a lot of times when you get into those places, you become very isolated because either either you've isolated yourself because of the things you've done or you isolate yourself because of your shame sometimes. Um, and you're hiding your addiction or you're hiding what's going on. Um, and this opens it up so that they're not hiding anymore. They're with everybody and they're accepted by people and they're loved by people. And it's not just just one little pocket, but it's a whole community of people. And Waconia being kind of a, you know, a smaller town feel, um, you walk around like I can't shop at Target in Waconia <laughs> without seeing like a thousand people that you know, because you're here all the time. And so it just it it gives that that feeling of a family of belonging of, of of having people on your side too. Yeah, one of the um things I talk a lot about when I discuss domestic violence with churches is uh the psychological theory of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it looks sort of like the food pyramid and it has this um, sort of basic level of of various needs people have in order to be healthy. And one of the primary needs we have as human beings is community. And I think this is something that we miss oftentimes when we're talking about recovery programs or when we're talking about, um, you know, domestic violence recovery or healing from trauma in general is that mm -hmm. community is absolutely essential. And when we don't have that piece, it's a lot easier to backslide. So I just love the fact that Brielle House isn't just here being community with the other women living in this house. It's being community with the church and also let us help you remove the stigma and being community mm -hmm. with our city. Mm -hmm. Well, any last thoughts? No, this is fun to talk to you. I mean, I feel like so like-minded with you and when we're talking about helping people find healing and helping um, people find healing in their faith too. It's like, I think a lot of times the faith community stigma is I have to measure up, like have to be good enough to be accepted by the church or to be, you know, be accepted by Christians in general. And to, to know that, that we're all a mess. <laughs> we're all in need of a savior. It is not that I'm better than somebody who's putting a needle in their arm or somebody who's being abusive. I'm not any different than those people. And we're just a few decisions away from something that we think is unthinkable. And so for us to keep 
keep that in perspective a lot of times is really important. It's like God didn't come to save us so that we could save other people. <laughs> he came to save us because we need saving just as much as everybody else around us. I'm always like the free people, free people. It's like, if you are, if you've been freed, you want to see other people free. And you know, it's like, that's, I mean, I think that's what drives me is like, it's like, I've seen that freedom for myself in my life in different ways. And and because of that, I know God will work in other people's lives. And that's exciting to be alongside of God as he does that. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it really comes down to the the phrase you said earlier from Pastor John, which is the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And we all need to be there every single day, <laughs> like kneeling at it. And um, yeah, I, I love the phrase healed people, healed people, free people, free people. And and that is what the church is. And that's really what our posture should be when we come alongside of, of the members of our community that are struggling or are in traumatic situations or who are trapped in addiction or walking through these other various paths. It's not like, oh, you can't come through the doors of the church unless your life looks perfect. It's like, come in with your disaster and your messes, because guess what? That's what everybody else here is. I had a, a pastor that um, from my, my church back home who said, um, the church is a holy car crash. And I was like, oh, that's a great phrase. <laughs> like, that is what it is. We're sort of all these disasters. And we all come together and 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 God does something out of that, which is incredible. I, I might have to use that. I like that holy car crash. That's awesome. Yeah, that's nice. I was like, that's just so true, that statement. Um, yeah. Anna, it's been an absolute privilege to talk with you and to hear a little bit more about Brielle House and the things that it's doing. And I cannot wait to see what God's going to continue to do in the coming years through this program. Um, thanks for being on the show today. 